Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Bible Ponder for this week. We're going to be taking a look at Luke chapter 15, which includes three parables that are all very, very similar, and they'll all be really familiar to you. But what is important about these parables is not necessarily their familiarity or the familiar message, which we'll kind of emphasize this evening. But what's really, really important is to remember is the context of these. So remember, we've been tracking through Luke, and we've been looking a lot about how Jesus has conflict with different groups of people, but specifically the Pharisees most of the time, especially early on. The Pharisees were the dominant religious leaders in the north in Galilee, where Jesus spends most of his ministry before going south to Jerusalem, where the Sadducees were more powerful, as well as other members of the of the law and Roman rulers especially. But up north, the, Phar- the Pharisees kind of hold sway. And so it's important to remember this context of conflict, but also welcome that we've talked about as well, that Jesus has conflict because of the welcome he opens up. And we talked about last time how um, this notion of welcome and this notion of opening up the gospel to people who have not had it before is not the easy way out. It's not um, a kind of cop-out answer, and it's not just... Um, an answer that gets you out of having to think about it or having to consider nuance. In fact, it's actually a more difficult position. It's a, it's a more intellectually rigorous position because you can't just draw up boundaries kind of where you feel like it. You end up having to actually consider how is it that we actually welcome these people and what are we doing to actively open our arms and not just put up a sign outside our church buildings that say everyone's welcome. But how do we actually posture ourselves in a way that's welcoming to people? So let's read these three. And these first um, two, three verses really give us um, the context that we need to remember. So let's hear them. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, grumbled. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And eating with sinners and tax collectors was actually forbidden by the law. Um, And also their muttering, their grumbling, recalls um, the people of Israel in the wilderness in the Old Testament. They grumbled and they, they muttered to themselves against God. So that language there is evocative. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. 
So in, in ancient Jewish culture, it was um, sort of understood that the older brother would receive a double portion. So if there's two brothers, the older brother would receive two thirds of the estate and the younger brother a third. Now it's kind of up to the father to decide how those two thirds and third are divided, um, whether it's land or holdings or you know livestock, things like that. In Roman antiquity, it was more common unless the will stipulated otherwise for um, the inheritance to be divided in half. Um, so given um, Jesus's background, this is probably uh, two thirds and, and one third kind of situation, um, but it's still um, completely unheard of, never happened for um, a son to demand um, his inheritance before the father's death. So he is, in, in essence, as you will have heard before, I'm sure in sermons, um, saying, um, I wish you were dead. Um, and it's even more unheard of for the father to grant this. If this happened, it would be far more likely for the father to just disinherit the son and probably disown him. Um, so already um, we're set up not to identify with the father, um, but the father or divides the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And again, um, remember that pigs are unclean in in the, the Jewish culture, so um, it, this isn't just a livestock hand. It, it, this is un, the unclean of the unclean. Pigs are, are um, absolutely the worst for them to, to be looking after. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Heaven um, is sometimes used just as a euphemism for God, um, for God's self, um, just in, in the same way that they often um, did, did a lot of different ways to avoid saying the divine name and, and would often call God Adonai uh, when reading instead of reading the divine name. This is another way that they would do that um, by referring to God as heaven. So I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, 
you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So remember the context of Jesus telling these stories. He is with sinners and tax collectors, and he's even being accused of eating with them. He might be eating with them right now. He might be at table with them. And the Pharisees are there watching and they're grumbling. And he tells this story. And you know that they knew who the characters are, that the Pharisees especially would know that those sinners and tax collectors are the younger brother who has in their mind squandered everything, but is being welcomed home. And they're watching someone who claims to be the Messiah sitting not with them, not congratulating them, not talking about how great they are, but is eating with tax collectors and sinners. And this is the whole core of Jesus's welcome and conflict and this back and forth that he engages in. In chapter 16, he's going to go on and tell a few more parables as Luke kind of collects a lot of sayings here of Jesus in the next couple of chapters. So we'll get into that next week. But here in this chapter, chapter 15, we really get a, a, in parable form a distillation of this conflict and welcome tension and kind of the core of how Jesus sees his messianic mission and especially as who he sees as the people being welcomed and who he sees as um, kind of the villains in the story. So thanks for um, watching. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Merlin for sleeping soundly the whole time. And he seems to be um, conked out entirely. Um, but thanks for joining us. And I hope that you have a good evening. Bye-bye.